All right, well, welcome back to our 360 Preps podcast, the first one in about, I don't know, three weeks or something like that. We've been busy. We've been busy out covering uh, late season key games for league titles and uh, district ramifications, and so we thought we'd get together and talk a little high school football because the it's playoff time uh, with uh, district and... Uh, State qualifying round games. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, what do we call that? What do yeah. we call that? And there's definitely a uh, debate amongst the sports writers around the state. Do you call this the districts? Do you call it the state preliminary round? And uh, I, I've never been a fan of calling it the districts because it doesn't really feel like a district football game when, like last year, you have Evergreen playing Kamiakin in the Tri Cities. Uh, I just can't get my head around it as a district contest at that point. Well, you know, you got to understand how the brackets are put together and if you go to our blog right now I put up I uh, constructed a couple of brackets for the 4a and the the 3a playoffs and so I took what is happening this week which um, are uh, so in 4a uh, what's happening this week is is the districts on the west side of the state that's district one two three and four they're they're pulling together all of their berths into the 16 team state tournament and they're combining them so that they can get more opportunities for teams to get a chance to qualify. So it's so sometimes it's referred to as a quad district because it's one, two, three, four. And so um, so they're playing games. And then over in District Eight, which includes uh, Spokane, and then the Mid Columbia Conference, which is basically Tri Cities ish, they're playing this week this week to determine spots. And then there's the, uh, what's the Big Nine? Is that what it's called? Correct. Big Nine, which is like Central Washington, Yakima, Wenatchee, Moses Lake. And uh, they're taking the week off and just taking their two spots and going right into state. And so that's uh, Moses Lake and uh, West Valley of Yakima. So, um, So anyway, so that's what's happening this week is they're playing off for spots to qualify for the 16-team state tournament. Now, the 3A is a little bit different. In fact, uh, they're sort of, it's like a, it's like six districts, actually, that are are combining. I don't think you want to call it a sext quad or sext district. That that doesn't sound right, you know? I mean, come on, let's make this part of the vernacular. Basically, basically in 3A, every district that has 3A teams is participating in this crossover situation. So it's basically a 32-team state tournament. I mean, essentially, that's how it's working. So um, so the last spots were all sort of settled last night with those nutty Tuesday playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even um, even the three of the Kinko, they didn't run their tiebreakers like we ran it down here. They played a full half of football. And then they played, you had three of them, so it was like a full half of football. Full, So basically, each team there played a full game. They just played two, quarter, two quarters against one team and two quarters against another team. And uh, so, um, anyway, so those spots are all settled. So let's look at the matchups uh, involving uh, local teams this week. At the 4A, um, we have at McKenzie Stadium on Friday night, uh, Tahoma is, at, is playing Union. And Camus, as the number two seed from the Great St. Helens League, goes on the road. They're heading up to uh, Auburn Riverside on Friday. And uh, in the 3A, uh, Mountain View's home, 
Saturday night at McKenzie, they're going to play Lake Washington. Uh, Kelso is actually going to be at McKenzie at 4 o'clock on Saturday because they have to play on a turf field. Right. So they, uh, they're going to play. So I was actually talking with uh, Josh Hart on our, via Twitter, and I saw that 4 o'clock kickoff, and I was like, you know, we got Mountain View at 7 o'clock. We want that thing to kick off at 7 o'clock. And he says, oh, no, don't worry, Kelso. Uh, they, they won't go more than two and a half hours. They yeah, never. they run the ball a lot. So, so they... that clock moves. Oh, and there's soccer that day, too. At yeah, at noon. So it's a full day. At noon. There's, full day. That's why I thought, well, it's game started at noon. You can start the football game like at 3, and that gives us yeah. a little bit more of a window. But, but Josh assures me that it's going to be over before 6.30. So we can get that the seven o'clock game started on yeah, time. Until so, overtime starts. Right, I'm going to hold them to that. And so anyway, so Kelso is going to be playing Mercer Island, and um, Hudson's Bay heads up to Bellevue on Saturday night. So a little bit of different. Um, usually the three A Greater St. Helens League in this round, they usually they've been the last few years they've been drawn the Metro League Metro League Sound Division. I think it's what it's called, which is basically the uh, Seattle Public Schools League, and that's a more favorable draw than the Kingco. They drew three Kingcos. That is a more traditionally stronger league. Yeah, any anytime you go east of the lakes up there in the Seattle area, you get to the uh, higher income, uh, more powerful um, uh, weight rooms, nicer than college weight rooms types of programs. And, and this and this kind of leads me into the next discussion. And we're we're talking about you talk about rankings. And there, and there's some talk about you know maybe next year that they're going to be using RPI to help seed teams into the brackets and stuff. And the thing about um, rankings, whether you're talking about rankings that the the Associated Press puts together, um, and the way the Associated Press rankings are done is about 12 or so uh, newspapers from around the state cast votes for that. Although I saw this week we only had 10. There was only 10. Last week we got at least 12 or 12 or 13, and this week we only got 10 people participating. I don't know what the issue was, but um, so uh, so that's how that one's put together. But then you also have the Seattle Times does its own rankings. The Coma News Tribune does its own rankings. You've got Max Preps. They have their own algorithm to sort out. And there's other computer rankings, and, uh, you know, Ryland Spencer, he does some rankings, and he, you know, goes everywhere for football games. I think last week he was at Camus Union. He came down to Doc twice in three days. Yeah, he was at Camus Union on Friday, and then I think he was at someplace east on Saturday, I thought I saw. Yes, he did. He went to, uh, I believe it was Othello or Grandview. Yeah. yeah. And then came back to the and then, tiebreaker. And then he came back on Monday night for the tiebreaker. And then he was up uh, at uh, the tiebreaker between Shorewood and Meadowdale or something last night. So he's everywhere. So he's, he's eyes. He's got eyes on a lot of teams. So that's, he has his own rankings. But the problem is with a lot of these rankings, it's, it's hard because so many there are leagues that are strong historically, and there are leagues that are uh, weaker historically. And then you have so many leagues that are so large that they don't play a lot of games outside of their own league. And so it's really hard to gauge um, how good a team. A team could be 8-1 or 9-0 and from a weaker league, and you can, like Skyview last year mm-hmm. was 6-3. and three. And I'm sure whoever was playing Skyview last year thought, oh, hey, we're playing a 6-3 and three Skyview game. This should be pretty easy. And it turns out Skyview went to the semifinals. Um, and there were other teams like, I remember last year uh, some people were complaining about Camus people were like, they had to play Graham Kapowson in the, I think it was in the first round of state. And they were like eight and one or something like that. And like, oh, I can't believe we had to play eight and one, Graham Kapowson. 
and then, then they beat them by 40. Yeah, and then they crushed them. So <laughs> Well, and that's the flaw in the AP rankings is that none of the people voting on the AP poll have actually seen most of the teams around the state with their own eye. They focus on covering the teams in their own backyard. And so really the only way to kind of gauge is, like you said, who are the common opponents? Right. And the win-loss records play a big role. Right, right. And... Um, which is why you won't see a team like La Center, who I still think is really well positioned to make a deep run in the 1A state tournament. They, they've been either out of or on the on the edge of the AP top 10 because they had a few early season losses against bigger schools because that's always how they schedule. They schedule Hawkinson early and some of the other big schools early. And so it's almost like in the minds of sports writers around the state, if, unless you pay attention to the team you know, specifically, you just think, oh, they lost their first, you know, couple of games, and so those two losses immediately get them left off a lot of sports writers' ballots. Right. So, Meg, you did voting up in Olympia in Longview. Was there some sort of method to how you went and tried to cast a vote every yeah, week? Yeah, I, I did. I, I tried to do my research. You know, you look at the, you know, the TNT rankings, you look at the Times rankings, but I also tried to look at, you know, the the matchups, and and I actually put a lot of thought process into it and not just looked at, you know, what the, the records were that week or, or how a team did, you know, win-loss record-wise the, the week before. I actually maybe put, I would say, probably a good 45 minutes into actually doing some good research because it made a, a big difference. So it just wasn't, you know, maybe 10, 12, 15 minutes into it and just, you know, went on my merry way. So it, it, it makes a big difference maybe you know, an eight, uh, a nine and zero Hawkinson versus a, a seven and two Tumwater. You know, you look at the strength of schedule and, and look at, you know, yeah, they lost to a four A Union team, and, and yeah, Tumwater lost to a, a really good eight and one three A Bellevue team versus a, a nine and zero undefeated Hawkinson team, which you know beat La Center and, and one A La Center, Prairie, one yeah, a, one a Hope in their, and, yeah, yeah, in in their preseason game. So that that makes a big difference. Yeah, you know, well, you know, because I do the voting for the Columbian, and so what I actually do is is, is you know, you come to that opening week and you sort of get a baseline. But I always try to I have a file that I keep. I said this is how I voted last week, and so then I will you know manipulate that from from week to week, and I kind of go out and look at. Um, See, a lot of times what you'll see is, is, is the rankings from one week to another is a simple reshuffling of the 10 teams that were ranked last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, three teams lost, so they'll drop down, but they'll stay in the top 10, and the other ones will move up. Because I think a lot of times, because what happens is a lot, the AP will send out how teams fared, and they'll show you how the top 10 teams from last week fared. And so people will go, oh, well, they lost. Well, they lost. Well, I'll slide them down. I'll move them up. And, and it's... Yeah. Well, it, it's very rare for, say, a voter to uh, at a newspaper, say, on the west side of the state to suddenly elevate a, a team from the east side if that team hasn't already shown up in the others receiving yeah. votes. Right, others receiving votes right. or they're the team that knocked off somebody in right. that fair. Yeah. Then you go, oh, that team, and you go and take a look and find out what they're doing. Like, Right, so unless a, a reporter from, say, the east side who actually covers those teams is voting for them in that poll, it's very rare to get any statewide momentum right. to, to elevating them up the ranks or into the top 10. So so you have those, that's how the, the media does. And then you have a lot of these, you know, computer rankings, algorithms, stuff. And even those for football, they don't work as well as they do for basketball, I think. Part of it is 
uh, basketball has more games, so it's more data. So, you know, football's got a nine-game regular season. Basketball's got a 20-game regular season. So there's more data, you know, so you can get uh, a little bit more information in there. But the other part of it is in basketball, what you'll notice is teams will travel to play good teams. Usually during the holiday break, they'll go and find a tournament, and you'll see teams going to different parts of the state and playing, whereas football, you don't see that as much. Teams tend to stay within their own little 40, 50-mile radius to play teams, and it's, and it's unusual to see teams like Camas going to Coeur d'Alene or, uh, you know, wherever. And so then you don't get this mix, and you don't really get an idea about where the strong areas are and where the weaker areas are because they don't play. And again, there's other leagues that are so large, they don't get the opportunity to play non-league games. Right, because if most of your schedule is devoted to league games, league, you know, games that actually count and can make a big difference, one loss or, or not, whether you have to go on the road for the state playoffs or even make the state playoffs at all, are you really going to want to, if you have that one game, are you really going to want to schedule a tough team where maybe you have an injury or, or uh, uh, you can't use it to work on things that you might be able to work on against a lesser opponent and basically treat it like a dry run or a, a, a scrimmage even? You can't do that if you're going up against a team that, uh, that, that might be overmatching you. So. Yeah, and, you know, and the other thing, too, is I, you know, I think people – I think people – want high school football to work like college football works. You know, in college football, every game means something because they have this, you know, college football rankings that's going to put the top four teams into the semifinals. And so their non-conference games matter something as, as well as their conference games. But in high school, the non-conference games are really not supposed to mean that much. And so most coaches will tell you they don't like to play league games week one, week two. For instance, uh, in the 3A Greater St. Helens League, the last two years, um, Evergreen and Bay have had to play a league game week three, where everyone else didn't start until week five. And the reason for that was is that uh, Evergreen had uh, rivalry set up within the Evergreen Public Schools rivalries. They're playing uh, Mountain Views in their own league, but they're also playing Union. Well, Union's open date was like week six or seven or whatever that week that two week, couple of weeks back. I think it was week seven. That was their open date. So that's so Evergreen agreed to play Union that week, which would have been the week they would have played Bay if they had had a normal schedule. Instead they had to play that in week three. And I think if you talk to Terry Hyde or Ray Lyons, they would much rather prefer not to play that game in week three because your teams and high school teams change yeah. from week one in September from week one in November. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're talking about kids that a lot of times are still learning a system, you know, or finding an identity. And so it, it's not like college where you, you're able to kind of hit the ground running a little bit more. You, you see a lot, of, a lot more drastic differences in, you know, early performances and late performances at a high school team than you would at a college level. Yeah, and I, I've seen it all over. You know, for instance, um, you know, in the preseason, in the teams that I was looking at in 4A, I looked at Lake Stevens. I thought, I saw them last year. They lost to Skyview in the quarterfinals, and I was at the game. And they had some uh, juniors in key positions where they were going to have back, and they also had some players with, you know, good size up front. And I thought, well, this team coming back next year is going to be pretty good. Well, they come out of the gate. They play 3A Arlington, and they lose. 
And then I think they also played uh, Mariner, which is like a winless team, and they won like 14 to 3. So right out of the gate, they were stumbling. And so I actually looked up some stories on them to try to find a little bit more about them. Well, they did have a lot of players back, but they also had some injuries to some of those players that are back. And the holes that they were filling up throughout the rest of their lineup was sophomores. They had a lot of sophomores. Mm -hmm. And so it took them a while to kind of find their place and get everyone in the right spot. Then I was noticing them in October, and they were just rolling on through the rest of that league. So last week when they played Monroe, which was undefeated, I saw a lot of people out on social media going, oh, this is a big matchup between Lake Stevens and, and, uh, and Monroe. And I was thinking, you know, I think Lake Stevens is going to win that game. I think it's probably not going to be that close. And they, I think they won like 42-13 to 13 or something like that. So, I mean, the centers like that, yeah. back in September week one, they were a couple of weeks they had injuries. They were trying to get healthy. Now they're a different team now. Well, yeah, and locally, I mean, you look at teams like Columbia River, who, uh, you know, I saw them, uh, was it week one or week two against uh, Evergreen? And, and Week one, yeah. Yeah, they, they had some issues, but now look at them. They're, uh, they're playing perhaps behind Hawkinson, some of the best football in, in the 2A Greater St. Helens League. They've won, I believe, four out of the last five. They figured a few things out. And look at Union. I mean, Union they, is an excellent... Union, you know, they... They had a few new pieces they needed to kind of work in early, and, and I'm sure uh, Coach Rohrbach would say that some of their early performances, weeks one, two, and three, left a, a little bit to be desired. But uh, I really noticed them in their game against Heritage that they were starting to click, and it all kind of built toward the crescendo at the end of the season where they come out and play, you know, they play big when it matters, and you know we're able to beat Skyview handily, and then get that huge win against Camas last right. week. So you know that's why I get a little bit, you know, I don't get too hung up on rankings, no matter who's doing them, because I don't know that any one ranking system has got it pinned down. And uh, you know the best way to figure out who the best team is, is just let them play, mm -hmm. let them play, and see who wins. And, and the system, I think the one thing, the other thing people tend to forget is the bracketing system that we use in high school football here in the state. It isn't, it isn't designed to put the two best teams into the championship game. It's designed to crown a champion. That's what it's designed to do. Got to beat them eventually. And so, you know, you, and you hear coaches say that, you know, like, you know, you'll talk to them, they go, well, you know, we just, we got to beat who's ever in front of us. And the team that does that wins. And mm -hmm. I mean, there might be some situations when you play a team, a tough team week one of the playoffs, and then a lesser team in the next week, but it's just the same if you had them reversed, you know? It's like, you gotta still be teams, and so, um, yeah, so if next week you have people starting to wig out over first round state matchups because there's an eight and one team, or a, I guess the next week they have 10 games, so it'll be a nine and one team versus a 10 and zero team, you know? Well, let, let's get people's head uh, exploding. Uh, explain what happens if Hanford uh, beats right. Central Valley. So, yeah, so here's an example, perfect yeah. example. So if Hanford, so the bracket that I have on the on the blog, it has teams in position, but in over in the District 8, those spots are not actually locked in on that bracket. It's, it depends on who wins at those seedings, so they can get, they can kind of change. So right now in the bracket, uh, Camus is playing Auburn-Riverside. The winner of that game would play Central Valley or Hanford on this bracket, but that's only if Central Valley wins. If Central Valley wins, they'll advance forward. If Hanford wins that game, they actually move down to where uh, Chihuahua and Gonzaga Prep are currently placed, and then Richland would move into that spot. 
So if Hanford beats Central Valley and Camus also wins, Camus would play Richland in the first round of the state playoffs. And that oh was my gonna... God, what the injustice. Oh my God. So then you're going to see Twitter explode, go nuts, and you're going to see... Okay, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a good tip for you. If you see anyone say the WIAA doesn't care for kids, then you might as well just block them because they're morons. <laughs> That is the dumbest thing I hear, I see all the time. It's like the, the, the institution is built for kids. Yeah. And they're out looking for our kids. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the matchups don't come out the way you want it. But uh, it, it is what it is. And so. Um, By the way, that scenario is unlikely. It's yeah, unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hanford's a 5-14 and 14 play in Central Valley. Um, and yeah, and Camus has got to go on the road for that one. They've, they've, yeah. So let's let's take a look at some of these teams, and uh, and talk about a little bit about what we think. Um, and we'll look. And we have the we have the three A and four A brackets in front of us, and we don't have. I didn't do this for the smaller classification because that same situation with District Eight in, in Class Four A is all over the place in Two A and One A. That depending on who wins, the seedings could jumble, and so there really wasn't any point trying to put together a a pseudo 32 team bracket for 2A and 1A because of the scenarios. Um, so let's take a look. Let's look at Union down there. They're at the bottom of the bracket. So Union. Very good place to be. Very good place to yeah. be. If they keep winning, they will play at McKenzie Stadium uh, this week, first round of state next week, quarterfinals, maybe and, and the maybe in the semifinals. Yeah. We, you know, we, that, that's where Union, if they get that far, starts to become real big fans of teams like La Center and Hawkinson and other Southwest Washington teams that would make it more advantageous for the WIA to schedule a, a semifinal, um, I, I wouldn't say, uh, maybe a, an extravaganza or event. They like to do like last year where they had back-to-back uh, -back games at McKenzie with uh, Camus and Sumner and um, uh, Connell and LaCenter. Okay. Yeah. So Union's got Tahoma. Tahoma's from the North Puget Sound League. Um, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Last year, and the, it was, it's the first year that, the, last year would be the first year the North Puget Sound League was an actual a league itself. Prior to that, it was part of the South Puget Sound League, and they were di different divisions. Um, Last year, the eight teams the North Puget Sound League sent to this round of playoffs, this Week 10 playoffs, they all lost. And the teams that beat those eight teams, most of them lost in the first round of state. And the only ones who didn't were because they were playing other teams that beat other North Puget Sound League teams. So basically the teams that beat the North Puget Sound, team, North Puget Sound League teams last year didn't advance very far. Mm -hmm. um, I looked it up. The since 2013, the teams that are currently in the North Puget Sound League in these Week 10 playoffs are three and 20. Uh, since 2013, the 4A Greater St. Helens League in these Week 10 playoffs are 11 and 0. Yeah. So history is very so 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 yeah. So all people say, oh, last year doesn't matter about this year, but with high school, it can be a very good barometer of what's to come. So uh, Union Tahoma. Is the week this game this week? The winner gets Hazen or Sumner. Now Hazen and Tahoma played last week. They went to overtime. I think Hazen won 48-41 in an overtime. Uh, Sumner, we know from last year, made it to the state semifinals. But they're the third place team from the South Puget Sound League. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so again, Union can move through this week. They've got another uh, not too terrible matchup 
again at home the following week. As we move into the uh, quarterfinals at State, uh, possible matchups are Puyallup, uh, Monroe from up north, uh, Mount Si, Auburn Mountain, Auburn Mountain View. Uh, Puyallup was sort of a surprise team for me in that sort of South Beach of Sound. There was Graham Kapowson, there was Sumner, but then Puyallup was the team that came out on top of that. Um, they looked really good, and then they played Skyline, and they got they got beat pretty soundly by Skyline, which I think was like the f- number four team from the, the Kinko up there. I think they were behind Bothell and Woodenville. Um, so that was sort of an eye-opener. At that point, yeah. Puyallup was undefeated. Before yes, they were undefeated. Their only loss was to Skyline, which is like at least the, the third-place Kinko team, but not the fourth-place Kinko well, I'm team. I'm tempted to think that's more of a you know, statement on the strength of the uh, of the Kinko yeah. than an indictment on Puyallup. So, yeah, uh, so so that's the other. And then so then to the semifinals for Union, uh, the the big the big one that looms is Woodenville. Yeah. Uh, I think Meg Meg's been high on Woodenville all year. I have been, yes. She's she like every time you go looking for someone to vote, she goes, "Ah, well, Woodenville, why don't you vote for Woodenville?" So uh, they they've certainly uh, held up their end and make it look look make look pretty good on that one so far. So uh, that would be a. A real interesting, uh, good matchup. But that's weeks off. Yeah, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. One game at a time. Yeah. Well so again, here. so we have Camus. <laughs> Camus is playing Auburn River Riverside, and they were like favorites from up in the Seattle area because they were running undefeated for a while there, and they were like squishing their opponents most weeks. Um, and then they lost to Enumclaw. Enumclaw, and so they ended up second to Enumclaw. I think they both had the same win loss record in that league, but. Uh, the tiebreaker. So Auburn Riverside is number two. And again, so if Camus gets by that, they're looking at Central Valley of Viradale, which is near Spokane. Um, I think they're eight and one. They're the uh, Greater Spokane League champion. Um, I haven't seen Central Valley in football. This has usually been Gonzaga's prep spot. They've been holding down the last couple spots. But they beat Gonzaga prep this year. So um, that would be in Spoke or in the Spokane area. So Camus has got to make a long trip if they go do that. Um, the way the the brackets in the four A set up is is all the East Sides teams are on the top half of this bracket. So Camus is mixed in with a lot of East Side teams. Although, should they get past Central Valley, uh, they would be back at Doc Harris Stadium and meeting a, a West Side team: uh, Enumclaw, Skyline, Bothell. That could be peak. a big one, yeah. So those would be some, also some, some good matchups there. And then, uh, again, if Central Valley wins, then Richland would loom uh, in the... Uh, oh, you mean if Central Valley loses? If, if Central Valley wins, oh, Rich, oh, Richland, Richland would be, be, be Camus' potential quarter or, oh, or semifinal. Quarter. Semifinal. Semifinal, semifinal matchup. Yes. That's where they would bump into Richland first, should Central Valley hold their position, which we think they will. So that's the path that Camus is going. So Camus is on the road this week. They're heading probably east. Well, they're definitely heading east next week. Doesn't matter who wins. They're going to head east. Back home if they keep winning in the quarterfinals, and um, then probably back east if they make it to the the semis. So um, tougher road, but you know Skyview made that road last year. Yeah, they did, and that that makes that uh, week nine game against Union even more. I mean, we knew it was going to be significant for a lot of different reasons, but uh, but yeah, there's a, definitely a difference in, in winning the league. All right, so three A, like we said, the three A draws the Kingco three A teams. Um, 
so uh, something new that they they haven't seen in this round before or in the last couple of years. Mountain View's got La Lake Washington. Lake Washington had was in a three-way tie for second in the Kinko with um, Redmond and Mercer Island. They had a tiebreaker Tuesday, and Lake Washington was the uh, runner-up in that. So they qualified, but they came in as the number three. Uh, Lake Washington played Kelso week three or four? Three. Week Adams three. Was that, was that Hoggett's first game without Hoggett, or was he still playing then? Ooh. Uh, that was his first game without him. Yeah, and it was yeah. like it was like 31, 30 to six. Thirty to six. Lake beat Washington Kelso. beat Kelso thirty to six. So um, again, again, that's back in September. Lots of change since then. Um, so Lake Washington, they they got rolled over pretty good by Bellevue last Friday to drop into that tiebreaker, and then they finished second in this tiebreaker. So um, yeah, Lake Washington looks like a team that they 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 have a decent runner and a good quarterback, so they kind of mix it up. Um, could be an interesting game. And Mountain View will be without Nal Jones after That's right. his uh, um, ejection last week. So um, essentially uh, um, be without two players because he's a two-way guy, also a safety on defense. So it's going to be a big loss for the Thunder. Yeah, so uh, Glenn Perry Jr. carrying a lot of load and probably see a more of Jack Mertens, I would expect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, if uh, Mountain View prevails and moves on to the first round of state, they would be back at McKenzie and would be facing either Peninsula or Snohomish. Last year, first round of state, uh, Peninsula gave Mountain View an exit. I think it was 17 nothing or something like that. Mm -hmm. So some familiar ground there for the Thunder. Um, if they were to advance to the quarterfinals, you're looking at Mount Spokane. Uh, Bishop Blanchett, Rainier Beach, Arlington, and uh, semifinals. If they were to be lucky to get that far, that's where Eastside Catholic looms. Uh, and the top half of the bracket, uh, Bellevue's got Bay's got to go to Bellevue. It's yeah. so yay they won the tiebreaker, but now you get to go to Bellevue, and uh, so. Tough, tough draw for the Eagles. Yeah, tough draw, but I mean, obviously, that's how you build something is making it to the postseason, and and uh, yeah, it'll be a tough, uh, tough challenge, but it'll be an experience for the players that are coming back that uh, will be invaluable as far as building toward what they're able to accomplish in the future. Right, and for those three A GSHL fans that want to know what Kelso's got, they're uh, playing Mercer Island four o'clock at McKenzie on Saturday. Uh, Mercer Island was the uh, the winner of that tiebreaker, so they were number two from the Kinko. Uh, the winner of that game gets uh, Shadle Park or O'Day, and uh, so uh, I think uh, O'Day's either two or three still. Yeah, I mean they're still way up there. I think they, 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 they only they lost to Eastside Catholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I didn't move them on my rankings. I had them had Eastside number one, O'Day number two, and then they lost that game, and I went, yeah, I just I just kept them there. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, tough uh, first-round matchup for the Highlanders if they should prevail. Uh, looking at other teams, uh, Hawkinson is the the the, the team at uh, at two A to be looking for. They got Aberdeen this week. Should be an easy night for the Hawks. Um, yeah, Aberdeen's got a running back yeah. who has piled up a lot of yards, like sixteen hundred yards or something like that. Sixteen, seventeen hundred yards. Um, but against Tumori, he had 23. And, and 14 of them came on a fake punt. 
the run defense has been pretty good this year for the Hawks. So I think uh, he might have another low night. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and the weather shouldn't be too terrible. No, it might be might be wet, but I don't. It's not like a downpour as as forecast or anything. It's I mean it's football in November. What right. do you expect? <laughs> and I was looking at a bracket of possibility. I think the first round matchup for Hawkinson would be. Prosser or Pullman, um, which would be interesting. It'd be at uh, the, they would be at probably at Battleground District Stadium. That's where they're at this week. Um, the winner of that game versus Burlington, I believe. Is that the, I, I, something yeah. like that? Can't I think. Remember. I think. Yeah. I think that was. I think it was looking at the bracket that uh, Ryland put together, and uh, that's what he had. So again, like I said, where teams get slotted depends a lot on. The mixtures, but um, uh, you know Hawkinson, you know looks looks very potent with their uh, passing game. Um, like I, I think I mentioned to Meg last week, I, I'm concerned that they haven't augmented more of a run attack here in the last few weeks of league play. Um, you know, uh, it's it's nice to be able to to run the ball. The, the weather goes bad, or you. Need to protect the lead burn clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but Hawkinson likes to do that through the pass, mm-hmm. you know, short control pass and, and, and do it that way. But um, yeah, that's that's one thing I uh, that makes me kind of concerned as they move forward and, and uh, if, uh, they run into a team that's uh, because I remember that from when they played Cedro Willie a couple years ago. It was like uh, Hawkinson would go one two three plays touchdown, and then Cedro Willie would just go. Munch, 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 all across the field, and you know, take seven minutes off the clock, score a touchdown, and then Hawkins would go boom, 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 touchdown, and then you know, Cedro would munch down the hill and eat yards, and so, yeah, so that's that's kind of you know, so it was like time of possession was was. Cedro really dominated, but uh, well, and, and I'll be interested to see can Hawkinson flip the switch like all teams need to do in the playoffs. They've right, been, they've been in a pretty good catbird seat in the two AGSHL for most of the season as, as the predominant favorite in that that league. Yeah, I don't think um, they played a close game since the Woodland game back in September. Yeah, no, and that was week three. Yeah. yeah, so that's so yeah, they've been dominating opponents, but. Uh, They've been dominating opponents at quite uh, those opponents being quite at a lower level than who they're going to face. Yeah, they haven't seen a team. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing I, you know, I'm surprised that uh, the folks out in Hawkinson haven't done a little bit job with their non-league to go out and and seek out and find. uh, I think their their program's gotten to the point where they kind of need to seek out. some more challenging non-league because they have like two one A's on their non-league schedule, and then uh, I think Prairie, uh, in week Prairie, two. Prairie in week yeah. two, and actually I think th- one of those they played the center, Hoquiam, Hoquiam, Prairie in week two. But I, I think this is the year yeah. that sets up really well for Hawkinson really to establish itself on the statewide map. I mean, you have a, a great quarterback who you know can really sling it. You have an offense that can put up some numbers, and the bracket works out to where if they, you know, continue to be hot throughout, they, uh, Tumwater and Archbishop Murphy are on the other side of the bracket, I yeah. believe. So they, they have an opportunity, I think, to really imprint or implant themselves or imprint themselves on uh, you know a lot of minds statewide as yeah. being a team that really has arrived. I think I think yeah I think Cedro Willie is um, 
because one of the teams out there again in mm -hmm. front of them that they would might see in the quarters or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so a good situation for the for the Hawks, and uh, we're interested to see uh, probably less this week, more next week. Yeah, I think we'll find out more about what what the Hawks got and their chances in the state. Um, as far as the other teams from the two A GSHL. Uh, the the two A Greater St. Helens League and these crossover games, not been good since they've had the two A Greater St. I think it's uh, twenty seven and eight for the two A Evergreen Conference in these uh, crossovers, and uh, Mark Morris is five and one out of that twenty seven and eight. The other three wins I think were from Hawk or two of them were from at least two of them were from Hawkinson. I think. Yeah. All right, long as the other one. Yeah, nine. yeah. So so yeah so. Uh, Hawkinson, not last year because they lost to Black Hills last year, but the previous two years is when they won those Week Ten games. One of those was against Black Hills, where they were down like twenty-one to nothing yeah, or something had, like they, that. They had to rally in the fourth and they had to come quarter. back. Yeah. So um, yeah, the the two. It's funny how in some sports the the Northern League does very well, and in other sports the Southern League does. But like soccer, we were I was tweeting this out that in two A girls soccer, the only teams to beat a two A GSHL team. Is a two A GSH still L team, so um, yeah. But, so, but but football, it, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean that that's why that uh, tiebreaker on Monday was significant, and that you you didn't want to end up in that four seed, which uh, unfortunately for Washougal, uh, ending up in that seed uh, means a trip up to Tumwater yeah, for Tumwater. week ten. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, Rivers got home against Black Hills, mm -hmm. so uh, they're playing again. Like we said, they're playing a lot better than they were early. In, and Woodlands won three in a row. Mm -hmm. um, so again, th those teams are moving to the playoffs, uh, playing well. Whereas Washugo heads to the playoffs, having dropped three of the last four, mm -hmm. and they got to go against Tumwater. So, um, so yeah, there's. I mean, last year I think River played. WF West and lost, but lost seven to six. So, um, so there's been some close games. So, we'll be interesting. I'm actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going out to Kiggins for River and Black Hills on mm -hmm. Saturday. So, looking forward to there. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Chieftain Gifts though. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to get Wolves. I can do. Chieftains. Um, How about river? I mean, it's river flow out there. You yeah, know, maybe I'll just like, do rivers. Yeah, yeah that might be a safer bet than, yeah. yeah. So uh, then we got 1A, mm -hmm. which is La Center. Uh, and like like you said, I think they're they're set up for a for a good good run. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, they just have so much depth. And John Lambert talked about that at the start of the season, how this – this team has had just so many seniors, uh, seniors that have played in a lot of games, and when or if someone goes down to an injury, there's someone right there to step in. You saw that with their running backs mm -hmm. in, in recent weeks. Yeah, they um, and uh, Le Center uh, is one of two local teams to have a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard passer, Washougal being the other team. Um, so uh, I think we're used to seeing the center um, being a, a run, 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 run team, and you know pass every so often. But I, they shown this year that uh, they can they can mix it up and and uh, keep teams from ganging up on you know one one approach. So um, and they've had back to back shutouts 
uh, end the league season with the White Salmon and Castle Rock. So, um, yeah, the things are going really well. They'll have uh, Forks this weekend. Um, Again, they'll be heavy favorites. They'll be heavy favorites in that. And then um, I think when they move on to state, I think they draw a District 1 team. They do. I think it's like Mount Baker or somebody like that, possibly, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which is a tough draw. District 1 and 1A has been pretty good. But it'll be down here. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes, it should be down here. I think it's down here. And it's likely Cascade Christian on the road in the quarterfinals. And they've seen that before. So, Got to earn it. Yeah, those those east, east side teams stay east, so that's kind of nice until yes. until deeper into the the bracket. So, uh, so they won't be running into Connell or Royal until deeper into the brackets. So, um, yeah, so it's it's shaping up for an exciting, interesting run here in November, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can see teams make uh, make more deep runs as we uh, like we did last year. It's uh, Keeps us busy, but uh, yeah, it's I it's mean, fun. It, it's a great time of year. I mean, it, you're mixing in coverage of every, like, for example, I'm going over to the state cross country championships in Pasco this Saturday. Uh, so I'll be going from doing a week ten football uh, game. I'll be at uh, uh, covering Union on Friday night, and then getting a few hours of sleep, hopping in the the truck, and heading over uh, Saturday morning. But uh, but you know, I think you at this point you. You really love, you know, the kind of the unpredictability of it and the excitement of it. it. It's just such a such a dynamic part of the year. Yeah, and we're sending Meg on the road cover the paper makers up in Auburn on Friday night. Uh, Andy Bueller will be out at District Stadium for Hawkinson and Aberdeen, and uh, Renee Ferran will be. You know, he texted me, says, "Oh, I love being LeCenter's playoff reporter." <laughs> so uh, he'll be over at LeCenter this week and uh, covering the Wildcats in the game against Forks and I'll be at the river on Saturday or the river game on Saturday afternoon so and then Andy will be at Mountain View on Saturday night yep so uh, it's a busy weekend there's lots of stuff going on this weekend we got district by district volleyball we got district volleyball we got by district soccer and district soccer we got district swimming in Kelso Um, still waiting for an email back on uh, (laughs) meet schedule on that one and to top it all off, I was doing an interview with basketball coaches. Yeah, uh, we're already thinking know, about we're, basketball. We're already getting into basketball. No, there's no law that <laughs> Coach Conley at Union, we, we, we talked today, and, and yeah, he kind of remarked, hey, uh, I didn't know you guys started covering basketball until football ended. Uh, well, we're, we're right on it uh, this year. We're working uh, on a winter sports preview special section, much in the same way we had a fall sports preview uh, special section uh, this this year. We we like the fall sports products so much that we're going to do it for winter and spring as well. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So we got plenty of plenty of balls in the air that we're juggling. But uh, hey, that's what you got to do. Girls bowling started practice this week. Hey, Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our uh, podcast for this week. Thanks for joining us, and um, looking forward to another busy weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week.